0: Hey everybody, you're listening to the Legacy Church podcast. Legacy Church is a multi-generational church that exists to worship God, become like Jesus, and bring hope to our community. Today we're sharing a message from our current series. We believe that the Word of God is powerful and has real-life application to our lives today. We hope that this message encourages you. Get connected and learn more about us by visiting our website at lgcy.church. Maybe you may have had uh, not a good experience with your natural father. Or oh, sometimes you, our natural fathers can be hard on us. My father passed away many years ago, and uh, each time, each passing month... I have begun to actually appreciate him so much because uh, as a father of five, I began to understand now what my father was trying to do with my life. Because you can never understand until you are a father yourself. Until you know, sometimes, you know, kids can be hard. But the greatest gift of a father is guidance. Guidance. And it is through that guidance that we get really hard on ourselves and hard on our Father. Because nobody wants to be guided. I have a a two-year-old, three-year-old, and sometimes you want to do something for them. They say, I know. I I know you don't know. Can I do this? I know, Dad. But you know there is a ditch right there. But they're going to say, I know, until they fall down into the ditch. So as I began to contemplate on uh, the gift of a father, I began to see that the greatest gift is actually is guidance. And it is through that guidance where we really do not appreciate our parents. We do not appreciate our father. We do not appreciate even God. Look at God. As the children of Israel were coming out of uh, Egypt, I mean, out of, uh, you know, slavery, the first thing he had to establish was uh, the law. And the law, if we look at that word, most of the times we don't like that word. Because according to our interpretation, it is like a legalistic, thou shall not, you are not doing this, you're not doing this. It's like the bylaws, you're not doing this until they give you a ticket. So we don't like that. But God's law is totally different. As the the Israelites came out of Egypt, as a father, a good father, he wanted to guide them. So that they can be the best they could be. So the first thing you had to set up was uh, the law. Now the law in our natural, you know, in our Western mindset, we don't like that. But you have to look at it in uh, the Hebrew concept, what that law really means. The law is uh, actually comes from a, a root word called uh, Torah. The Torah is simply instruction. So the father was giving them instruction. So when he said that thou shalt not kill, he was giving them instruction on how to live with one another and how to live with God because he wanted to guide them. And you know, and I know, how the children of Israel really struggled to just obey that. They struggled. They fought with God. They shall have only one God. They fought. They wanted to have anything as God. But the, God, the father knew better on how to guide them. And I understand, you know, I don't know the experience with your father. But mine, you know, we were 10 of us. So if we are 10 of us, your father can give his attention to all 10. So to some, you just give instruction. You're doing this. There's no explanation. And we don't like that. And t- Today, actually, parenting is different. Uh, you can't just say to a kid, no, you are not doing that. They tell you to say, how about we do this? It's like you are trying to win them over to the decision that you're going to make. Isn't that true? But how many know that God is not like that? He's not going to tell you, how about we do this? Because he knows what is in front and he knows what you, he wants you to be. So he's going to give those instructions. So as I grow up and I begin to reflect on my father, uh, I, I, I really apologize to myself to have uh, given him so hard so much hard time because I realized he just wanted to guide me. He may have never been a good father. He may have never had uh, good skills. He may never knew how to tell it to me. But I realized he just wanted to guide me. Regardless of where you was it? did not it? wasn't mean to try and get me to where he needed me to go but I found it is guidance and how many know that God the father the greatest thing he wants to do for us and to us and with us is that guidance we are living at a dangerous time today you've seen our wickedness has risen you've seen how people are without guidance the book of proverbs actually says uh, where there is no guidance the people what run wild because of that of lack of uh, guidance so i began to understand on this father's day now understand please if you have you never had a good experience with your father i pray that you find it in within yourself first of all to forgive your father it's important You know, we can't change what has been done. But we, as people have received the Spirit of God, we can learn how to forgive and me become better for my children. I want to be a different father. And I find as I, you know, parent teenagers now, I'm having to switch my parenting way. Now it's different. Now you have to put responsibility on them instead of them just seeing you like you are the weird one who says no all the time. And most fathers will say no, why? Because they want a guide. They want a guide. So what I want to talk to you about is the heart of a father and the greatest gift one can receive from the father. And if you look in the Bible, God knew the children of Israel, even when he gave them the law or the instruction, they still struggled. But God had something to help them understand His principles, the kingdom of God, and to live a better life. He was going to give them actually the Holy Spirit. Because in knew, in within their strength, they could never, never follow the instruction. So the Holy Spirit was going to be primarily the enablement that would enable anybody to be able to follow the instructions. And as you begin to see, even in the Old Testament, you come into, into the New Testament, you see that the, the primary goal was for God to gift mankind with this superpower kind of anointing. I call it superpower because you know what? To love is very difficult, but you, if you are in the Spirit, you can love anybody. You don't care where they come from, what they do, what they did. Now, I'm not saying we affirm all those uh, craziness that they are doing because right now there is actually a shaking and a sifting that is happening right now. Those who are without this gifting of the Holy Spirit, they are unable to differentiate wrong from right. It's like actually the world has turned everything down, uh, upside down. The wrong has become good, and the bad has become good. The, wrong has, the, the, the right has become bad, and the wrong has become good. Why? Because where there is no revelation of the Spirit of God, the people perish. So the greatest gift. The greatest gift is actually the spirit. Now, let me say this here. I don't know if, if uh, maybe somebody told you uh, or, or your family or your mother says, uh, you just behave like your dad. Uh, somebody have been told like that? It's not a bad thing, people of God. It's not a bad thing. You know the reason why they would say, you behave like your dad. It is because probably you are carrying the spirit of your dad and it just manifests out of you. And when they look at you, are like, you're just like your dad. It's not a a negative thing. But what I want to point out for you is uh, that DNA that is in you, the spirit that is in you will come out. Maybe the way you smile or maybe the way you make the jokes. Your dad made the same jokes because uh, DNA plus the same DNA gives what? The same DNA. So it's the same way God wanted to gift us with his Holy Spirit so that we can just act like our father. In another way, we would love like he does. Now I want to bring you to uh, a certain story, and I was reading this story at an overnight uh, service I was doing. It was a crazy service. I've never done a service like that from 10 p.m. to 5:20 a.m. And I preached—I don't know for how many hours—and we prayed, and God moved. I went home. I crashed. But it was through that uh, you know, meeting where God gave me a very different view of the book of uh, 2 Kings uh, chapter two. And I wanna show you something here because uh, there is something special that we need to desire as well. We need to desire, especially in this uh, season, we have to desire guidance. Actually, we have to desire the spirit of God. And as a father, the greatest gift I can give is what is uh, actually just the Spirit of God in me through to my kids so that the testimony of the Holy Spirit that has transformed my life, the kids are able to see if they are trying to behave a certain way, they will say, that's not like uh, your father. How many have been, you know, I come from a communities that are closer in African country and if you are doing some crazy stuff here and your father was uh, really had a good spirit, good uh, you know, a testimony in the community, the people that sees you, they'll just say, that is not like your father. What are they saying? They are saying your father had a different spirit. Your father walked in a different spirit. That's what they're trying to say. And we are in a season where God wants us to walk in a different spirit. But this spirit is actually the power of the Holy Spirit. Where we are enabled to see, to see things and perceive the things of the kingdom. Now I want to bring you to the book of uh, Second Kings. Probably you've, you've read this book uh, so many times. But there's something that jumped out, out of me between uh, Elijah and Elisha. Elijah is a symbol of a father. Elisha is a symbol of a son or a student, if you like. And uh, what's happening here, it's like uh, Elisha observed very well Elijah, every movement of Elijah. To an extent that, first of all, for Elisha to get uh, what was on Elijah, he had to be intentional and stay closer to Elijah. In this way, we have to stay closer to God the Father. If we are to see what He sees. So here, Elijah has been doing so many things. But Elisha has been observing. Remember, nobody can give you what you don't desire. We can come in a setting like this, for example, if you don't desire transformation, if you don't desire to walk in the Holy Spirit, if you don't desire to know God at a certain level, nobody can enforce. I mean, impose that on you. Each and every one of us, everything that happened is according to our desire. What is your desire? Do you desire to walk with God at a certain level or at this level? Or you can desire to walk with God at this level. God is there to say, what's your capacity? Can you open your capacity up to be stretched out so that I can pull out my spirit for you to do everything I want you to do? Or if you want a small cup, actually somebody demonstrated yesterday. He said that if you went with a small cup to Niagara Falls, all you would do is if you tapped into that small cup, into the whole Niagara Falls that is falling, guess what you're gonna have? That small cup will be just a cup that will be filled up. But if you went with a big container, you will tap into that Niagara force as much as you can. And that's what I want to share with you today, that as the father, God wants to give us his spirit at a higher capacity so that we can stay as children who are focused on the kingdom of God, on the principles of the Bible, and not to be swayed around by what is happening in the world, but to be a people who can manifest the presence of God, the power of God, the goodness of God and the anointing to do what we need to do. Hallelujah. Who knows we can't do anything without the Holy Spirit. Actually the Holy Spirit is like the oil into the car. If your car, you stop putting oil into it, it will start making noise, noise, noise until it is completely dead. Look, fuel, you can run out of fuel, but you can put fuel in the car at any time and the car will start. It's only oil when it is not maintained, your car is not well maintained, that car you can put gas into it, it will never what? Move. Why? Because the engine has ceased and the problem we have today is that many Christians, they have the car, they have a car but their spiritual engines have ceased. Why? Because we are not desiring a maintenance of the oil and this oil is the Holy Spirit. So look at this here, here is Elijah Let's start in chapter 2 verse 1. It says that the time had come for the Lord to take Elijah up to heaven in a whirlwind. Elijah and Elisha were traveling from Gilgal. And Elijah said to Elisha, stay here. The Lord is sending me on to Bethel. Now look at Elisha. He is a very, very clever guy. He knows what he is looking for from Elijah. He's not just following for the sake of following. Now, Elijah says, listen, God has sent me to go somewhere. I want you to remain here. If it was you and me who would say, well, I've got a break now, boss, you can go. I'll remain here. But Elisha, there's something he has seen on Elijah. And he wants it and he wants it big. Guess what he says? He says here, he goes on to say, uh, uh, but Elisha replied, as the Lord lives and as yourself live, I will not leave you. So they went down to Bethel together. In another way, Elijah had no choice but to take Elisha he's gonna repeat again but in verse 3 something happens the prophets who sees who hears they go to Elisha and then they tell Elisha do you know that God is gonna take your your master away Elijah Elisha instead of just saying oh really is not actually even amazed he just tells them shh don't say it why Elisha knows, even if the Bible doesn't tell us here, he knows what he wants. So he tells them, don't say it. It's like, uh, keep them guessing. I know what I desire from this man. He continues on verse four. uh, Elijah Elijah said to him, Elisha, stay here. The Lord is sending me to Jericho. But Elisha said, as the Lord leaves, as yourself leave, I will not leave you. So they went to Jericho. That's the number two there. Number two. You know, when the Bible is emphasizing these things, there is a reason. So that's the second time. Elijah is trying to get rid of Elisha. But Elisha knows you are not going to go unless I can receive something that is on you. The second time, again, the prophets come to them as well. It says that the prophet says this, the sons of the prophets who were in Jericho came up to Elisha and said, do you know that the Lord will take your master away from you today? Again, Elisha says, be quiet. He knows what he's looking for. You see, we can go as far as we can only through our desires. What is it that you desire? In verse six, Elisha the third time, Elijah the third time, he said to Elisha, stay here, the Lord is sending me to Jordan. But Elisha said, as the Lord leaves and as you yourself leave, I will not leave you. So the two of them went on. What is the picture you are, we are painting here? The picture is as long as Elisha was with Elijah, whatever was on Elisha, whatever was on Elijah would come upon Elisha. He wasn't just following because there was something about Elijah. And then we go on, verse 15. Verse 7, you know, about now 50 men from the sons of the prophets came and stood observing them at a distance where the two of them stood by the Jordan. Now look in verse 8. Elijah took his mantle, rolled it up and struck the water which parted to the right and left. Then the two of them crossed over on dry ground. I thought it was only Moses who parted the Red Sea. Elijah, Elijah takes his cloth. They are faced with Jordan. He takes his cloth, a mantle, which is a symbol also of whatever oil was in him, or the power. Or if you watch a lot of movies, a, you know, this kind of like a superhero kind of power. He just takes it, smashes it at the, on a River Jordan. And guess what happens? The water rose to the right, left, And they walk on dry land. And I could see right there, Elisha says that, probably saying to himself, this is why I didn't want to leave you, man. (laughs) He's probably walking in there, walking, you know, looking how the water is splitted. He's like, this is why I came. There is an excitement now. This is why I came. He sees, he looks, he's like, wow. Now look at this here. Then right there, Elijah makes this, when they had crossed over, he said to Elisha, tell me what I can do for you before I am taken from you. Now, Elijah is disclosing to Elisha. Now, remember, this is a father figure. He's telling his son, if, he, if it was an inheritance, obviously the son will say, I want uh, your fame." Or I want uh, all your influence around the place. Or I want your mansion. I want your car. You know what Elisha says? Here's what Elisha says. Elisha says, uh, he says, uh, So Elisha answered, Please let me inherit two shares, even double it up, two shares of your spirit. I don't know if you see that. I want two shares of your spirit. Elijah responds and says, man, that is the most difficult thing. Why? Because uh, the spirit is like the DNA. In another way, it's like, I want to be like you, but times two. That's what Elisha is doing here. Now, who else in the Bible who was having a dream, and God came to him in a dream, and He asked him, "Ask anything you want, I will give it to you." Who else was that? Do you remember that? Solomon. What did Solomon say? Solomon says, uh, "Hey, I want you to give me what the spirit to descend." Oh my goodness! Listen, wisdom or knowledge or whatever in between comes from the spirit. So Solomon, instead of desiring all the mansions, all the money and everything, he desired the spirit to discern to be able to see wrong from right because remember, he was tested now when those two women came, one says, I am the mother this one says, I am the mother and then the other one says, let's just split the kid let's just kill this kid, but Solomon had already the spirit upon him to differentiate to see the person who can say let's just kill this kid, that that is not the mother he had the spirit what am i trying to tell you here we are only as good as the spirit that leads us you are only as good as the spirit that leads you If we desire the Spirit of God to lead us, we are, He is going to lead us. The Bible says, even though we go through the valley, listen, because we have the Spirit of God, the Bible says, He is with us. Where? In the valley. So we will go through the valley of the shadow of death because He is with us. The valley cannot swallow us up. Now look here, Elisha asked two portions. Elijah replied, you have asked for something difficult. If you see me though, uh, being taken from uh, you, you will have it. If not, you won't. In another way, he tells Elijah, if you go up to sleep, you won't get it. But if you stay late, you will get it. He is again, this is a good father. He is guiding him because watch your capacity? watch your desire? God cannot give you something you don't desire because if he did, you wouldn't even recognize it. Have you ever seen people that have got a talent and a gift and they, they you, you, man, you have a gift. You're trying to wake them up and it's like they are sleeping. I come from a soccer background. One of the most talented people that I saw on the field, when you can even watch them, he like, said, man, it's like you came from another planet. They neglect their gift. They don't even care. Wow, well, some of us have to work out In the morning, you wake up, you're going for a jogging. Otherwise, if you don't jog, you come on the field, you'll be puffing. The coach won't even put you on the team. And here's a guy, he doesn't even joke. Oh, let me put it this way. Just that one smart kid in the, in the class. They don't need to study at all. They're just coming late for the exam, but they'll be the first one to even finish it and pass with A. Have you ever seen that? Like, God, I studied for months. And this kid just came in and a eh, 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 have you ever seen that? Why? There is something on that kid. There's something on that kid. They don't have to work so hard. Listen, the Holy Spirit, the reason He was given is that so that you and I don't have to work so hard. He can work on our behalf. The Bible says He actually even intercedes. He prays for us with groanings. So we don't have to even go like screaming, Lord, help me. Even our voices go, God, I'm dying here, help me. The Bible says the Holy Spirit prays for us. He intercedes us. All we need to know is to be aware he is with me. Now listen to this here. Elisha, he begins to observe. As soon as Elijah was to be taken up, a cloth, a mantle fell down. Elisha takes it down. And I call that the greatest gift from a father, the spirit. I may not give you an inheritance. I may not give you a house. But if, you, if your father has a different spirit, forget about his weaknesses. Forget about there is always something on a father, whether you like it or not. There is something special because God has just put something, one special thing upon each and every one of us. I may not be good maybe at talking to you, but if you observed, that's why Elijah was telling observe when something falls up, you're gonna, you will see that at least that your father may have, may have done 99% wrong stuff, but there is that just 1%. If you are to observe that 1%, it can change your life forever. 1%. One of it for me, my father was a, a very social guy. In our community, you can go into anybody. Whether we talk about my father as if he was this richest guy. He was a social person. He, he embraced people from every background. My father, and he was very tall, by the way. He, he is a tall guy going everywhere, everywhere you go. And, and, and we would even use his name. I am Kazumba son. It was a pride to use just Kazumba son. But my father was a drunkard man. He was a drunkard man. And yet he had this unique story in within the world, in within the community. Why? Because even though he was drunk, he he continued to maintain his uh, spirit of being nice to people. He was always nice. And as I begin to realize about my father, I said, he may not have given me a car. He may not have given me a big bank account. But one thing he gave me is the ability to connect with people. And actually, that's one of the things that I cherish upon my life is anywhere I go, it doesn't matter. I can go into the forest. I will make friend and I won't struggle. The tree can be my friend. The forest can become my friend. I am never lonely and I'm not looking to fill up the void now to say, hey, can you be my friend? Can you be my friend? No, my father was a friend of friends. He did not seek attention. He brought attention to wherever he went. Why? That is a gift right there. And as I begin to realize now in ministry, I wasn't born a preacher. Nobody is a preacher in my family, not even one. But I begin to realize that trademark that was on him. I go everywhere. We, you know, we're blessing people. We're making friends. Let me give you an example. I was just in Cleveland. After preaching at the conference for two days, you know what a person came from there? He said, please, we'd love to buy you a house in Cleveland. Can you move here? And they are very serious. And I'm looking, I'm like, uh, and then the Lord reminded me, no, 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 I'm not speaking that you moved to Cleveland. It is just because of that uniqueness of the goodness of God that is on you, the humility. People can relate, can relate, and they just want to do something good for you. Why? There is a spirit on you. Whenever there is the Spirit of God on you, it shines. That's why the greatest gift we can have from God the Father is not actually doing miracles. It's not actually prophesying because the Bible says you can prophesy all you want. You are just like a noise if you don't have love. Love comes from the Spirit of the heart of the Father. We do not love because you brought flowers to me. I love because I've received love from God the Father. Oh my goodness, listen to this here quickly, now Elisha has received something special but this guy is so funny look what he does the first thing he does after he has received this oil he's gonna test it actually it's like uh you know you receive this car and you're gonna take you you saw your dad how he was uh, maybe raving that car. and you are just watching him there claving to like maybe even imitating on the other side like man one day i'll get my hand on this thing and that is what actually Elijah has done. After the Spirit has come on him, look what he does. Here we go. 13, he says, uh, He picked up the mantle and that had fallen off Elijah and went, went back and stood on the bank of the Jordan. <laughs> 14, he took the mantle Elijah had dropped and he struck the water. Where is the Lord God of Elijah? Where is the God of my father? And the Bible records, he said, he asked and he struck the water himself and it parted to the right and to the left and Elisha walked. It's like, men just exactly what my daddy do. You know that saying? Like father, like son. It's not a negative thing. It's actually a positive thing if you look at it. Because some of us, we've had so much bad experience with our dad. When somebody says you're just like father, like son, you are always focusing on his weaknesses. No, look at his trade, something he did. He may not have been perfect, but there is one thing. Please understand, even if your father never stood with you or spent time with you, you will notice that there was something unique about him. There was just something unique about him. Maybe when he smiled, he had the dimple that went, maybe you should duplicate that too. You know, you will go to people just that dimple. You know, you don't know how Holy Ghost filled that is. So Elisha begins to exercise the power of God right there. And not only that, Elisha now, because he has received this spirit, is going to do something that is so unique. And that the reason why I'm bringing this to your attention is that we are only as good as the spirit that leads us. We are only as powerful as the oil that has filled us. Oil in the country where I come from, where, when I was born, actually, we didn't add electricity. I'm not all that old, by the way. <laughs> so don't say, don't say this is an old, ancient guy. But listen, the lights only for those uh, rich people add electricity in their homes. I came from a place where they would have a small container, like lanterns. You know lanterns? I don't know if the generation knows that. So we used to put oil in it. And then there was a cloth that was uh, inside there. And then they would put it, you light that cloth. You know how you have uh, the candles? But as it was actually actual oil. And uh, imagine studying to go to school. You know, in school today, the kids even complain. They got the lights and everything and they got excuses. They can't even study. But some of us will come to that small light and you can't even see nicely. It is right there and then you study. Now, it is what was so special about that oil. If that oil, you know, was not filled up or it ran out, guess what will run out as well? The light. But the container was there. You can try and light it up, but the oil has run out. We are in a season where the oil of God has run out in many, even many denominations. That's why we are able to allow anything and everything. There is no bridge that can guide us. Most Christians now, We think now to love somebody, we have also to just say, yeah, there's no bridge here. We're just the same. Here is what I was telling somebody today. I said that just because you are struggling with a certain sin, it doesn't mean you can't condemn that sin. Because if you don't condemn it, guess what? You will justify your sins that is trying to overcome you. The more you speak about it, the more you're gonna have the courage to say, God, take this away from you. It's not hypocritical for you to call out what it is and for you to be working on what you need to work on. I want to say that again. It's not hypocritical when you know you are struggling and you find somebody is doing something for you to call it out and to say, man, this is wrong. But you know you got your own shish kebab you are dealing with. That's okay. It's okay. But the reason is we are trying to say there is a line here for all of us. I'm not saying this because I'm perfect. I'm saying this because I'm also work in progress. Let's have a standard. And the standard is God. The world has taken the standard of God out. Now we don't have a standard. So come here, for example, I'll come and preach to you grace, grace, grace. You know why I'm preaching grace, grace? And for the most of the preaching of grace, grace? Because I have too much shish kebab. I don't want you to find out. The day you find out, I want you to do what? To help me with your grace. So that you can just comfort me, grace. You are not helping me, I'm not helping you. We are called to iron sharpens another iron to help each other, not to condemn each other, but because we have the oil of God, we know what we can be, we know what we can do, we know what God can do through us, we know what God can do through ordinary people to do extraordinary things when the oil of God comes upon us. That's why we need to desire the oil of God. So it is now one of the things that he's going to do. And and actually, I'm not going to read that. I'll just summarize this and and we'll we'll, we'll pray together. Elisha comes to the town. He said, he was told that this town, sir, is well situated. It's a beautiful, beautiful place. But there is something that is a problem in this town. The water is not good. And how many know water is a symbol of what? Of the Holy Spirit, life and the Holy Spirit. So Elisha, he has received the power. He has the oil. He can change any situations now. Remember he tried the power of God on River Jordan? It sprit out. So when they are coming to him to say, water is bad, the town is good, but water is bad. Elisha tells them, go bring me a small bowl and bring me some salt. What are you talking about? Salt and a small bowl? Elisha knows there is something that has come upon him. If he can use that, he can release that, something will change. That's why the Bible says what? It is not by power, nor by might, but by my Spirit. So for us to live a transformed life, guess what we need? The Spirit of God. For us to live a different life, guess what we need? The Spirit of God. For us to see different, like the world is seeing, we need what? The Spirit of God. The Spirit of God is our standard and our guidance. Without it all, we are totally just like the world. And that's not the desire of God. The Father. Elisha, they give him the bowl. He goes to the stream. Why does he go to the stream? Because he has to go and deal with the root system. That water did not have the power. Salt that he called for them to give it to him did not have the power. That's why I want to say to you, even just the anointing oil or the oil does not have power at all. I actually heard a testimony of a mother who just lost a a son a two-year-old and the reason was they went and bought anointing oil and that the kid was sick they began to feed the baby anointing oil to say God was going to heal this baby with this anointing oil cooking oil it's just cooking oil it's cooking oil without the Holy Spirit if God's hand is not upon anything it's just useless and guess what that child died the mother has been actually charged with murder Lack of wisdom, lack of knowledge, the people perish. Power is not in anything. Power is in the presence of God. So God can be present on this thing here, but this is not the power itself. God will just have the presence here and then I start giving it to you and everybody get healed. Oh, I'm healed. Oh, I'm healed. Now I'll make a mistake if I start now making these to start selling them. That there is, there is oil here, you'll be healed. Elisha drops the water and the salt into the water. And the Bible records that water was clean and good to this day. Why? Elisha had received from his father the mantle that was on him. But it doesn't end there. There is also a weird story right after that. And I don't see anybody preaching about this. So I sat down and began to say, I said, Elisha, you should walk in the grace. Now you have the power. They said uh, a, some kids began to mock him. Have you ever heard anybody preach on that? Because it's a weird story. Kids started making fun of him. Look, you are bored. They started yelling at him. And Elisha looked and he kissed them. Do you know why his words that he spoke to those kids made such an impact to an extent that bears came out and mouthed the kids, which is sad. But as I began to look at it, I was just looking at a man who is filled with the Spirit of God is a dangerous man, is a dangerous woman. I'm going to say this, a man or woman who is filled up with the Spirit of God is a dangerous woman, is a dangerous man. Why? Because what makes you powerful is not how religiously you can be. What makes you powerful is not how well you know how to quote the Bible. What makes you powerful is not how many times you've gone to church or services. What makes you powerful is not how well you attend church. What makes you powerful is not how long you gave your life to the Lord. What makes you powerful is when you are plugged with God today and forevermore and the Spirit of God is upon you, you become powerful. You can, you can go through every struggle, every challenge, not by yourself, but by the power of the Holy Spirit. I want you to understand when you are empowered by the Spirit of God, there is nothing the devil can do to your life. A person filled up with the Holy Spirit is a very dangerous person. That's why you have to watch your words. Now, the Spirit of God is in each and every one of us. So remember, if you say I'm just a poor me, guess what you are? Poor are you? Why? You have the power through the Holy Spirit to declare what you want to be. That's why Elisha was able to just say those kids were cursed, and something happened. It's a lesson it's a yes it's a bad situation there but it's a lesson for us what you say will be established when you curse a person they will be cursed why you still carry the DNA of the oil of God the Bible says the spoken word of God whenever it is released it does not go back to God without activating something there the Bible says the word of God does not go back to him what void So each and every time you and I speak, the word goes to activate something. If you say poverty, it activates poverty. If you say I'm rich, it activates riches. If it says uh, I have got strength, even when you are going through a battle, I have the strength. Guess what? You just activated what? Strength. God has put now this oil that came on Elisha on each and every one of us. That's why Jesus emphasized wait here until I send you another comforter. He wasn't just a comforter, He was to be the guidance who will guide them into all truth. How we desire today to walk in the Spirit of God. Be it at your working place. Desire the Holy Spirit, He can give you ideas. Actually, the Bible in the Old Testament, the Holy Spirit came upon craftsmen and they crafted things like crazy, like Holy Spirit. I thought the Holy Spirit was just for winning souls. No. Even just in your personal space, God wants to get into a personal space to help you with your work, to help you with your school work, to help you with your marriage. Tomorrow we are celebrating 18 years or anniversary with my wife. years. Has it been easy? No. I had to lean on the job. I'll go home when we're married. She'll make this. I don't want to eat this. I don't want this. I don't want this. Now I've learned because I've been softened by the Holy Spirit. Now I've learned to appreciate even the things that I don't like to eat. I will eat. Why? I can appreciate somebody. Why? Because the Holy Spirit in me has softened my pride. 18 years, she can have many testimonies. I wouldn't want to hear them because I was just leaning on the job. I was leaning on the job. It's the same with us here. We are all leaning on the job to follow Jesus, to pursue Jesus. Don't get discouraged when you're still battling certain things. Continue to pursue Jesus. His spirit is going to help you to know Him better. His Spirit is going to help you, to help you to get to know Him better. And that is our desire. Let's stand. And we're going to sing a song and we would just want to enjoy fellowship today. Just lift up those hands and say, Dear Jesus, just say these words, Dear Jesus, today I activate your presence in my life. I shall be laid by the Spirit of God. For the Bible declares those who are led by the Spirit are the children of God. I am your child today because I'm led by the Spirit of God. And I desire the Spirit of the living God upon my life. In Jesus' name, amen. Thanks for listening. To hear more, subscribe to this podcast and connect with us on our website at lgcy.church.